Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Megan Gilker, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Hello today, friends. I am just been very excited about this episode because I've been like really thinking about this one for a while, and this is a little bit off from the normal one. And I think I mentioned this month that I kind of planned to dive into some other topics as that are a little less like how to gardeny and do a little more stories and thoughts with this this month particularly but I feel like this is kind of going to pass into fall because I'm going to talk about the garden and we're going to talk about certain things and the garden is always the core here but and it is especially in this post or this episode, but (laughs) you write blogs and you have podcast episodes, the words get mixed up. But I, I've been like really realizing, I think it's maybe that whole thing. Like I'm about to hit my mid thirties, like officially, like I'm about six months from turning 35 and it's definitely been, I feel like this is kind of the rising out of one portion of that and into another. And I love these points in life because we're able to really assess ourselves and just kind of figure out like, where are we going? And I think that that's so important because we only have one life and I'm somebody who has to live that one life so deeply and so fully that I am constantly aware of this for better or worse. And I have very intense, I guess, expectations of things. And so that can be a really beautiful thing, but it can also 
kind of be detrimental and if I'm not careful with it. And I think we all have one of those things. But I think this in particular, this topic today, we're talking about imperfection and how in the garden. And it's I'm not just talking about the things we harvest being imperfect or things like that. I am talking about that. And we're going to talk about learning through that. But this is kind of a little more story of how I got to this as much as it is like the lessons the garden's teaching. So I'm just kind of going to jump into it here and hope that this really resonates with a lot of you, or maybe this is something you've already been processing or been through and you're like, yeah, I agree. So I hope this is at least a really good thought provoking podcast episode, less about, and maybe even one that gives you a little bit of grace. Cause I think as we're, you know, tying up this season of, of like summer food growing anyways, um, we only have like three more weeks of summer growth, so to speak, really. Oh, some of, for some of us, it'll go all the way through September, but, um, we're really in it. Like we're really closing in on the end here. And I guess it'd be almost like five weeks, but still it's not that much time compared to when we started in June, you know, and we're at the, the ending, which can feel sad, but I think it can also be this perfect time of reflection. And that's how I always see these moments. And I feel this really deeply, but I just want to kind of get into this, I guess, and we'll just go for it. (laughs) Basically, there is a blog post that ties to this that articulates this in a written form as well that's slightly different than what I'm going to talk about today. So if you want to read more or even be like, yeah, what was that thing she talked about? I'm speaking, I wrote that before I recorded this. So maybe you'll enjoy that as equally if you enjoy this episode today. So you can find that in the show notes. But basically, like, I realize like this is a little bit of a tale of the journey of being a blogger too, because if I'm, if I'm really honest, like I never like anticipated doing what I'm doing. I went to school for, to be a art director of a agency basically. And I, I had every desire to direct marketing campaigns to, from a visual perspective to maybe even working at a magazine, something like that. And I, I had a lot of high expectations of myself in terms of creative work. So when my career kind of took off as a blogger, mainly because I never landed the job that I wanted because of the recession. And then this sort of took hold after having a freelance design career and having a blog on the side, I, I went through a time where there was a portion of my life, I would say most of my twenties, where my personal values to myself, like the value that I held for of myself was 100% dictated absolutely as a lifestyle blogger on how my life looked. And that sounds so, so gross when I say it, but it, it's true. And I, the world of a lifestyle blogger or even like an Instagram influencer, cause I don't consider myself that at all. I, 
I don't consider myself an influencer in that sense. We're all influencers in different ways, but maybe an Instagram content creator that works with brands and things like that. When I was in that world more in that way that I focused my income that way, when I did all that, that way, everything mattered in terms of the aesthetic of things. There was no depth beyond that. If I'm honest, um, I, I just like everything revolved around our house looking a certain way, what I wore being a certain thing and how it looked and whether it was worthy of likes and engagement, whether it would drive page views. And most of my twenties were literally that mindset. And it really changed when I had my, our son and everything no longer was in my control. And it about broke me because I wasn't expecting it. I thought being a parent was one more thing I could, I could do this on. I watched other people do it. Like I could absolutely control how, you know, his life looked and the toys and how they were laid out and everything could be aesthetically pleasing. And I just remember the first time I did a sponsored campaign after I had our son and I like literally was sobbing through it after like, and Mike's like, what in the world are we doing? Like, it just all felt so off all of a sudden. And I felt like I couldn't control it anymore. I couldn't, my body was no longer controllable. I had been so fit before I got pregnant with her son, was fit throughout my whole pregnancy. And then I couldn't, I struggled to recover postpartum. And it took me three years to finally feel like myself again. And it didn't matter working out. It didn't. And in fact, you know, in many ways that wasn't the right thing for my body. And there was a lot of letting go that happened and which was good. I was exhausted. I honestly got really lost and city life felt because we were living in a downtown area at that time. It just, it felt heavy to me. It didn't feel like it was allowing me the space that I needed to process so many things and to go through all of it. So that's when we moved to Michigan. And if you heard the story of buying a land, you know more, (laughs) but I realized when we came back, I could write a new story for myself. I could find a different value for me. And that was like five years ago. And when I headed back here, there was like this, this grounding I felt in who I was all over again. And it had nothing to do with control and everything about bracing, embracing the season all of a sudden. And I began this journey of realizing that control wasn't the end. Like that wasn't the actual goal. It it was far from that. It was about creating something meaningful, something beyond myself, something that meant something more. And so as we got settled here, it, it felt, it felt like I could really start, you know, discovering myself in some way. And it's been really good. And then, you know, enter a baby, a pandemic and a toddler at home or a young child. And that brought its own level of growth, you know, 
But what was interesting was I, I kind of stopped feeling that because I walked away from so much in my career where I was focused on these like controlled situations, these styled shoots, all of that. And for the first time, I like actually didn't feel that level of value tied to myself. And I lost a lot of that like feeling of imposter syndrome and a lot of like negative self-talk went away. And then cue this spring, I, or last spring, sorry, this last spring. And maybe it was like the postpartum thing again. Maybe I don't know what it was, but I do know that I felt for the first time, this thing that has come back to me in my life, which was gardening had that weight of control on it again. It had this, I was feeling this, like it was such a huge part of my career now that I felt like if I failed or if I did something wrong, how would anyone trust me to do this? It, it was a very odd thing considering this was something that I am so passionate and love. And like, I all of a sudden had this like weird relationship with it that was very hard. I saw all the problems constantly. I was constantly trying to perfect it last year. I mean, literally like weeding constantly, all these things. And I started realizing like how <laughs> I, I just, it, it was like taking over me mentally in a lot of ways. Cause the thing is, is like gardening is not something we're meant to be perfect at. Right. Like I grew up in my grandfather's garden in Harbor Springs and garden with him my whole life or my young years when my, at my son's age. And I've lived in Northern Michigan around this. Like I've always been enamored with these things. So for something like that to feel that way, all of a sudden felt this, like, it just felt like this immense layer of pressure. And because I needed to know everything to be knowledgeable, to not fail. And I think I just felt so much of that last year. And I didn't really acknowledge that until I was actually listening to Brene Brown's uh, whole series that she did on the gifts of imperfection. And she herself in it talked about feeling like, you know, if I fall apart in her career, you know, like if I fall apart and I don't practice these things, like how, how am I the one? to teach these things, you know, like that classic imposter syndrome feeling. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I feel. And because even though I knew something was off with it, like this winter, I like really did a lot of self-talk, I guess, like telling myself, like, we're not going to focus on things this way. We're going to focus on teaching from our, our mistakes and like, utilizing these things. And I started in the winter looking at things that way. So I already knew this was an issue, but I never heard anybody else like really talk about it in that way. And especially in terms of like imperfection and controlling situations. And so it was like a big deal for me to hear Brene say this because I was like, oh yeah, I'm totally doing this. And what I have just realized is that my garden actually has, should have nothing to do with being perfect because it's all about play. It's all about failing. It's in some way, like 
and using failures for learning, right? Nature has her ways and things don't work for crazy reasons, especially when you grow with nature herself and without the controls of chemicals, whether you're using organic or natural or not. She literally has her own rhythms and things fail and they succeed for God knows what reason. Seriously, because it happens. I mean, even this growing season alone, I like, first of all, I'm really glad that I took this perspective from the get go that I just decided after I felt this, I also put a lot of pressure on myself as seed starting this year, which was fun, but I also like, I didn't have to take it as seriously as I did. I also failed at a lot of things and, but I learned a lot, but I think I would do it a little bit different story for another day. But I, I realized that when I've been going through this growing season itself, I've had so many failures. Like we're talking huge ones in my in my book, like there's certain plants that never took, like the Tulsi I grew from seed absolutely sucked. I had to go buy Tulsi and then I reseeded in the ground way better. Who knows why I planted Shiso or Shiso. I have no, see, I have no idea even how to say it. And I have no idea what to do with it. I've tried it a couple different ways. I don't really like it. Beautiful plant. I call that relatively like a grow and learn experience. I decided not to grow corn this year because I wasn't brave enough to conquer the worms that I got last year. I just was like, not worth it. I got weird, a couple weird spots on a tomato. Who knows why? And our chickens still have lice, no matter what I've tried. So I'm probably gonna have to go for the hard stuff in the fall. And the list continues to go on, my friends. Like there are parts of my garden that I called the dead zone this year because I everything I planted there died, like other than weeds. And so I let the weeds win. And in many ways, I look at this and I think last year I would have been like, Megan, what the hell? Like, really? Like, you know what you're doing? What is everybody going to think about you? What, like, how can you, how can you even think about <laughs> writing so much garden content and having these issues in your own garden? And this year, that conversation doesn't exist with myself. I mean, a few times I've caught myself, but I really decided that I wasn't going to see that. Instead, I was going to be like, here's, here's the truth. Like, here's the situation. Here's what's going on. And I'm completely okay with it. I'm human. I am part of nature myself. Nature has, like I said, her own rhythms, her own ways. We don't know why some things work and some things don't. And you can do everything in your power, but it's still nature. It's imperfect. It's going to fail. It's going to succeed sometimes. And we don't, we have no other means to enjoy that. And I think instead of placing my value there, I started looking at the things that were going amazingly well, the things that were so unexpected and out of my control that were worth celebrating. Like the fact that I just decided not to do really lazy weeding this spring. And because of that, we had a enormous amount of wildflowers come in, none of which I planted. And they were all from birds and it's beautiful. It's amazing. There's milkweed in places I never expected it to be. There are, I mean, the list goes on. The grapes look incredible this year and I've done nothing to them other than net them. You know, <laughs> the we actually finished the chicken coop. <laughs> also not part of nature, but it actually got done. And 
it's finished. And so much of it hasn't been me putting control measures over it or expectations on it. And so I, I just have like really been thinking and contemplating on this and feeling this different sense in my garden. This has been just so incredibly cool. And I guess the thing is, is like when I approached this growing season, I had, I just had to see things in a new way because I really love what I do and that I get to inspire all of you to start gardens of any kind, whether it's a few pots or a garden that's the size of an acre, it doesn't matter. I'm just glad that I get to be here to be part of that inspiration. And then I get to encourage all of us to like, including myself, to live more connected to nature, more aware of it, and then to find a deeper connection to ourselves because we're, you know, maybe eating at the farmer's market or we're getting to know farmers, we're building community connections because of how we eat or what we're learning or where we're volunteering, anything like that. Like all of this is so important to me, like so important. Like it means an immense amount to me, better than anything I could ever imagine. But the thing is, is that the worst thing is believing that in that process, there is some level of success or failure. And so that is in some way like trying to make your garden fit into like this literal or figurative box, right? And it just doesn't work that way. And I've realized this year, because I've taken this perspective of not over-controlling, not like just kind of being more intuitive and being more relaxed and just taking one thing at a time. And in like, honestly, in, I have learned that the deeper I watch and observe my garden and dive into connecting to it in a, like this more intuitive way that there is like, it's so much less about, uh, what is, you know, munching away on my collards or the abundance of the actual harvest that I get. But instead it's far, far, far more of everything to do with like just bringing that spirit of play and learning into it. And that's what I've done this year. And like, I guess you could say like in some way, like we, we honestly, like we probably need this as adults, right? Like, I think it's incredibly hard. It's almost like it's been like shaken out of us to see things in a way where it's not about, you know, (laughs) enjoying something, but about what it gives us or what it like puts on our table. Or, you know, if we give this energy exchange, shouldn't we get something back physically? Um, I think that's a little bit of capital and capitalism, speaking to us there. But the truth is, is that we can do things just for fun, just to play and let go of control, to not look for perfection, to just enjoy something. And like somebody said in my DMs this last week about when I mentioned, or a few weeks ago, sorry, when I mentioned something about like, it's okay to have things eating in your garden, right? And she wrote, so that somebody had told her, if there's not something munching on your garden, then you are not feeding the ecosystem. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. That's so true. Because 
And if we try to control too much of our garden and too much of ourselves, there isn't much left for us to give, right? Like there isn't much of us that has enough grace, enough space to go out into to give to the world in some way. And I think that that is just as equally true in our garden and ourselves. And so if we're not allowing that space for those things to happen, you know, how are we allowing space for things in the garden to happen? You know, like there's space for everything in the garden, even the squash vine borers, they have, they have a place. I have learned that everything just has its own moment and time. Like the swallowtails are, caterpillars always come and they always munch down my, my fennel, but the fennel always comes back and it survives somehow. The carrots always grow, even if the greens get eaten a little bit by them. But just, um, it all just needs time and we can just allow things to happen and flow and be and enjoy and not have to perfect it. And in fact, many times things just need to be let into the atmosphere to just kind of go and float, to not have any control, to let them release out of the box in some way. And when we do that, I think for me, I realize like there's just like the more I do this and the more I allow myself to do this and I stop trying to do things right, quote unquote, the more, especially in the garden here, what I bring back to myself in allowing that is that I offer myself this like even deeper sense of grace and I can actually see imperfections of my life as like these beautiful, perfect moments that light and life actually can come through. And so I don't know if it's just like something with age. Like I said, I don't know. I, all I know is that the garden is just this perfect place to learn this for me and to live it out. And I think I'm totally in process on this. Like I am not through the tunnel by any means. I don't know if you ever get out of the tunnel on fighting this one, but I just feel like the garden's a great place to do it because it's safe. You know, like we, if we, you know, totally let all the weeds come in and our garden doesn't grow and and it doesn't turn to wildflowers like we hoped. And instead it turns to actual weeds that take over and suck the life out of our plants that we planted. Who's going to know, you know, even for myself, like I don't have to, you know, maybe that's an opportunity to talk to you guys about it. I don't know. Like, and so I think it's just like, okay, this is totally something that I can release and let go of. And it's allowed me to just realize that we can meet every one of these challenges as either a moment of we can, that we can identify as a failure, or we can see it as this moment to learn from and to expand and grow from. Right. So, and it's not about achieving. It's not about like finding that thing to learn about. Maybe it is just something that didn't work and that's okay too. Like there's just like, a lot of release in that, if anything. And I think it's just been really good to do this for myself and, um, to just like let go of these expectations because I think, you know, when I'm sitting in my house in January and I'm like planning out my garden, I have this like vision of what the garden will be like. And what's funny is it typically is when I get to August this year, it mostly is. And I think that's like the always the thing. It mostly is the vision, but this year it's better. 
And I think it's better not because of anything I did other than just letting go and not trying to control things to embracing that imperfectionism and leaving that space to listen to the garden and ultimately myself, which is a pretty powerful thing to do. Because the thing is, is if like I carried this expectation in some way from those plans in January or February that everything had to be in these like perfect rows, the flowers had to be only in one place and they all had to bloom at exactly the right time and everything had to be constantly fully weeded, I would seriously have missed, like if that plan from January had actually come out, like I actually think that I would have missed so much of what was unexpectedly going to happen that allowed me to see nature, like the unplanned, the lack of clean rows, the, or just meeting some expectation of any kind. Like these things have just allowed me to learn and watch as nature does her thing by just not holding these expectations too tightly on myself. And by just embracing that imperfection, I've allowed for this natural environment that only nature herself can plan. And I've had to ask myself, like, if I myself am also part of nature, like, right? I, <laughs> why is it that I hold myself to such high standards? Like, why is it that I expect things in my body or that I don't embrace certain things? You know, why? For instance, in the garden, we'll just make this analogy to the garden since we're already there. Like, why do we want to remove every bug from our cucumbers or make sure that the yellowing leaves are always discarded? Like, why is this like a thing where we could correlate that? Like, why are we constantly trying to like say like the wrinkles on our skin aren't just a sign of our wisdom and beauty that we've lived life? Like, why is it that the, you know, stretched skin on our bellies after having children is seen as something to hide. I think like this is the thing that has just continually played out in my mind when I've been thinking about this, because when we actually grow with nature and we actually like embrace this parts of ourselves, like <laughs> we realize, like we start having this like deeper understanding of like that as we watch like, you know, plants age even in our garden and things like that. Like there's no controlling that, like that process is natural and beautiful and wonderful. And I think that's part of what fall teaches us is that aging is absolutely beautiful. And I, I may have just stumbled upon my fall theme, but <laughs> I think that it's just so amazing to watch and to learn that there is beauty to not perfecting it all. And I think I just realized the more I grow with nature and less with anything else, that the more I realize that our greatest harvest in the garden over and over again, seriously has nothing to do with like what I'm actually putting in my basket, but everything to do with like what is happening in my heart, my mind, and my soul. And I, I grow because I love the plants and the food and the taste of things straight off the vine. Like I grow things because of that. But if I'm really, really honest, it's more about that like truly deep healing that happens when I'm walking barefoot in the garden in July and August. It's like, you cannot 
you cannot like put it in a jar. You cannot bottle it up because it's something all its own. There's no containing it. And I think it's really easy to miss that when we're trying to perfect it all, when we're trying, when we're setting that to-do list in our head or feeling like we failed too often. How can we just live into that? So I guess this is really me saying like that if you're growing a home garden in any way or you're just a human, like you will have bites in your kale. There'll be the occasional caterpillar. There's going to be a squash bug and your leaves are going to turn yellow, which also means if you're a human, like you're going to have things that go against the expected that aren't going to, you're not going to be able to hold yourself to a standard that is not realistic. And in fact, there's no reason to, because it's not real. Like that's not like how we're supposed to live. That's not how we're intended to be. So why set that for ourselves? And instead by letting that go, we have a chance to be more whole, to offer more to the world and to be authentically who we are, which is what the world wants most out of us. Right. And that's what I'm just realizing is like, that's the better offering than perfection ever will be. And it's just like this constant journey. But this year I've just like been watching the garden and learning that it speaks a completely different language than I ever thought it did. And it's been like this deep, I mean, I think I always knew that, but I think it's just been this like deep, deep thing this year because I think I needed it. I been going through some like physical healing on my own and it's just like, I think I need it to learn what it is to be nature. And she, she's teaching me that, which is amazing. And the thing is, is like, what's wild about it is it's this a whole new connection with myself too. And it's this new level of just wildness that I'm understanding about who I am. That if you had asked that 20 something self, I don't think I would have ever let myself feel, even though I thought I did. I thought I knew who I was. I now realize that what she desired was what I am now learning. And that's a pretty wild feeling. So maybe that's, like I said, maybe that's coming into 35. <laughs> I don't know. But I just, this has been such a big thing for me. And I think especially with some shifts in my career and like how I'm perceiving my work and it's been so good for me. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation today and that you resonate in some way. I mean, maybe you, this is something that you've thought about or started to feel or you're deeper than me on it. And I would love to hear your thoughts, anything that you guys have been really experiencing this summer in terms of like that conversation with yourself and everything in between. I think it would be really lovely to just hear about this because it is, it's, I think we're constantly looking in this day and age about unwriting these scripts in our head, whether as women, as men, as, you know, anyone, 
you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I think there's so many things that we're rewriting and we're looking to veer off the path of what we've known because it doesn't seem that this path is exactly working. And we're starting to realize that maybe there's other ways. And I think that's what I'm in some way processing is that there's a new way to talk to myself. There's a, there's a completely different world beyond the one I've known before. And I've known that, but I think it's just like really starting to unfold in a big way. And I think I'm ready for it. I think it takes time. So I hope that that was helpful. I, I enjoyed talking about this and I'm sure there will be more conversations about this. And I am really looking forward to navigating the rest of this season and into the fall with you guys. So if you guys enjoyed today's podcast, just don't forget to subscribe if you're not already a subscriber and, or follow along if you're on Spotify. It's always lovely to be here with you guys. And don't forget about our Friday meditation. It's a good one. I know you guys will enjoy it, especially if you enjoyed this. So until then, I'll see you guys out there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 